0: Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Dr. Marin Wood. Thank you so much for joining me. For the last couple of weeks at Beyond Prof, we have been hiring. And because our network is largely PhDs, when we post a job ad, we mostly receive applications from PhDs, many of whom are in career transition seeking to break out of academia and move into industry. What this means is that I'm able to see in real time the mistakes PhDs are making when they apply for jobs. So today I want to just focus on common mistakes that we're seeing PhDs make when they're applying for positions, submitting resumes and cover letters. So the first mistake that I see PhDs making is a failure to tailor their documents to the specific job. And this happens in a couple of different ways. So candidate number one might just send a CV. And I can tell you that a CV is not a resume, it's certainly not in the United States. A CV, an academic CV that you have written for faculty positions or for grants and awards within academia, is a list of your accomplishments. It doesn't actually tell the hiring manager what your skills are. And because academic work is so different from professional work, the hiring manager has no idea what it means that you won this award or what skills that you had to apply in order to win an award or publish or teach. They don't know. And they certainly don't know how that work you've been doing in the academy gives you the skills to do the job that they're hiring for. And in this case, we're hiring an e-learning specialist. So a lot of people were making the assumption that like, hey, I survived teaching classes so I can be a learning design specialist. And, you know, being a learning design specialist is a highly specialized career field. Um, It's not the same as surviving teaching within the academy. It's very different. So the first thing we were getting were just generic CVs, with generic cover letters saying, you know, I'm currently studying X, uh, my PhD is in this topic, or I've been teaching these classes, I can therefore be a learning design specialist. And what they were missing was all of the skills and qualifications we had put into our job ad. And what's missing when you do that is respect for the employer and the hiring manager. They have put in enormous amounts of time and energy into crafting a job ad based on the needs of an organization. So hiring isn't haphazard. When a company goes to hire, they evaluate the, the team that they currently have in place. And they look at the projects that are coming down the pipeline and they determine what kind of candidate they need. In terms of like what is the skills what is the knowledge what is the experience the person needs to bring to the table in order to be successful in this role and in order for the company to grow and succeed and what they want and this includes beyond prof is someone who can hit the ground running because we have a problem right which is we have more work than we can possibly do as a team we need another person to come in and help lift the load and I need a candidate who has demonstrated that they have applied their skills with success in a previous work environment. And so a CV doesn't tell me that. A CV tells me that you're good at being an academic. It doesn't tell me whether or not you have the knowledge and skills of being a learning design specialist. It doesn't tell me that you even know what a learning design specialist does because you have not taken the time to really research and investigate the professional knowledge that goes into that career field. It also tells me that your mindset is not one for industry, right? An academic CV tells me that you're an academic. It doesn't tell me that you are ready for the life and work of startup culture or industry culture. So instantly, your CV has just set you up to fail. You're just going to get rejected flat out because you haven't communicated the skills that you do have to potential hiring managers. And you've in fact actually told them that you are not a professional ready for industry. You are an academic and you are defined by your academic experience. And I'm not hiring an academic, right? I'm hiring a data scientist or a marketer or a learning design specialist or a coder or a product manager or whatever. So an academic CV just communicates all the wrong things to potential employers. There's a second component to this, which is companies want to hire people who are interested in working for their organization. We also receive just generic applications from people who were looking for instructional design positions. And this largely came through LinkedIn. And so you need to be careful of these kinds of traps that exist in the hiring process. And what I mean by this is that LinkedIn allows you to upload a generic resume. So let's say you're interested in instructional design positions. You can upload an instructional design-ish resume that outlines your qualifications and your previous work experience. And then LinkedIn will show you jobs that align with your, with your qualifications. So like I'm looking for instructional design positions, show me instructional design positions. LinkedIn will start showing you instructional design positions, and then you can just hit apply now. Bam, 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 right. You can submit like hundred resumes in a day. So long as you're finding instructional design positions, bam, 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 bam. And what you're essentially doing is just spamming organizations. And you're not telling the company that you want to work for them. You're just saying, I need a job. I need a job. Any job will do. I need a job. I need a job. Any job will do. I don't want to hire someone who just wants a job. I want to hire someone who wants to solve problems in my organization to help me succeed and grow. So generic resumes that are not tailored to the specifics of the job, the company, and the organization and the position that they're trying to hire are not going to be as effective as the person who spends some time really reading the job ad, going to the company website, learning about the organization, and then writing a tailored resume and cover letter for that position. So if you're on LinkedIn and you can avoid the apply now trap, and you can actually find information about the company, write a letter and find a place to submit it either through LinkedIn or off LinkedIn, then you want to do that because companies don't want to hire people who just want a job. They want to hire people who are going to be happy and successful in their organization. And that is very true of small organizations. And in fact, I included in the description on LinkedIn that they should send resumes and cover letters to an email address. So if you just hit apply now, you've already told me that you can't follow instructions. So you, again, you need to carefully read the job ad. What is the employer asking you to do? And the first thing to make sure you're doing is following the basic instructions. The second thing is to make sure that you're listening to the challenges and needs that the organization has. They've told you what that is in the job ad. Now tell them how you can help them be successful. It's so important. It's such an easy thing to do in some ways, and yet it's so hard because it really takes time to edit, to revise, to think, to have people proofread. And so you need to just take that that time to make sure that you clearly indicate how you have the skills for this position and how you're interested in working for this company. Another thing to keep in mind is that a resume doesn't tell your whole life story. So again, we're looking at these resumes. Most of them are not tailored to the job. Most of them are not specific to the needs of the organization. And they include things that don't matter for the job that we're looking for. So if you worked at Starbucks, for example, you need to tell me that working at Starbucks taught you time management or customer success. You need to link that job, that position that you had as a barista to a skill in the job ad. And if there is no skill that you can link it to, don't include it. Resumes are not your life story. Resumes are evidence that you can do the job that people are hiring for with success. So you want to carefully curate your resume to highlight the most relevant work experience that you can. And you want to leave off work experience that doesn't matter or that doesn't didn't help you build skills that will that you will apply in this new role. So really think through it. Again, evaluate the story that you're telling with the document that you're submitting. The story should say, I've I hear you have a problem. Here's what I think you've told me is your problem. And here's how I'm going to solve the problem. And here's evidence of where I've applied my skills with success in previous jobs. And That means that you can trust that I can come into your organization and help you succeed and grow. That's the story you want to tell. I need to fill it in with evidence. All right. So the second piece of this are cover letters. And oh boy, is it tough to write a good cover letter. Some of the mistakes we were seeing with people submitting cover letters is that they would tell us their story. They would write about their personal struggles or trials in leaving academia and how Beyond Prof had helped them. And like, that is so awesome to hear. But again, it doesn't tell me that you have the skills to help my organization succeed and grow. It tells me that you like my company, which is awesome, that you're potentially a fan or a customer or a consumer. That's great. But that doesn't tell me you can be a team member. It just tells me you're excited about the brand. So if you are applying for a job at an organization where you have that kind of personal attachment or you see you, that your values align with the mission and goals of an organization, which is common for com- for companies like Beyond Prof, then it's fine to lead with that in the opening paragraph, right? Like I first learned about Beyond Prof when I was leaving my PhD program and, you know, in attending webinars and seminars led by the team, I was able to build confidence in order to be successful and grow. And th- through informational interviews and networking, I really discovered my passion and love for instructional design. And then you flip into, here's what I've been doing in instructional design. And here are the skills that I'm going to bring to help your organization be successful and grow. The cover letter needs to be about the employer. Again, it needs to tell the employer, Hey, I hear you have a problem. and I'm excited to come and help your organization overcome these challenges by leveraging these skills. And you'll notice on my resume that I have these kinds of experiences where I have developed these skills and leveraged them with success. Employers are looking for evidence, right? They're looking for evidence that you're the right candidate. They're not looking for your personal story. So that's really difficult because if you think about how we're writing fellowship applications or, you know, personal statements that are included when people apply for graduate school. Sometimes that personal story is important and compelling when we're applying for, you know, grants and awards. Oftentimes it's not. Oftentimes that approach will be a disservice when you're applying for grants and awards within the academy, right? Funding organizations want to know how your project will build on existing knowledge and literature uh, and, and why it's important that it receives funding, so it's a little bit about you in that it's about your research, but it still is about making the case to uh, funding committees that you are going to solve a problem that needs to be solved, right? And so you need to make that case in your grant applications or fellowship applications for why people want to fund you. Occasionally, there's, t- there's places where a personal story might make sense, but in a cover letter, it doesn't make sense. I don't want your life story. I want to know how you're, how you're going to help solve my problems. Make sure you take your time. You know, there was a lot of little silly mistakes that came up in people's applications and yeah, we hold that against you, right? You got to get the name of the company correct. You got to get the name of the hiring manager correct. You need to get your salutations correct. You need to make sure your formatting makes sense. You need to make sure that there aren't obvious typos, that you're not missing periods, or that there aren't weird spaces. Like, it just needs to be as error-free as possible. An occasional mistake, at least for someone like me, is not going to be a make or break. But a lot of small, obvious ones, they will they add up. Because employers are looking to hire people that are going to be detailed-oriented and that will submit a high-quality work. So part of what we need to do when we approach the professional job search is realize all of the skills that go into being a successful job candidate. In addition to the skills that you've developed as a PhD, careful listening, strong communication, attention to detail, and ability to follow instructions. All of these things add up because if you don't listen and you just write a generic resume or cover letter. Well, you've just failed the first test of a job interview, which is like you can't follow instructions. You're comfortable wasting company time and resources. You've just sent me this thing. Why is this what my eyes are looking at? Like you're wasting my time. If you don't tailor your resume to a specific career field, you're telling me that you don't understand the job. You're just looking for a job, any job, and this one will do and I'm not looking for somebody who is just interested in a job. I need someone with specific skills because I've worked with my team to evaluate our company. We've identified the skills that we need and we've listed them in the job ad. We're not looking for a generic candidate. We're looking for a wow candidate. Someone who's going to come in and just like help us be awesome. All right. So how do you avoid making these mistakes? Well, some of this Is going to be quite obvious. The first thing to do is think about hiring from the perspective of the company. They are looking for a solution to a problem. They've allocated resources in the form of salary that they're going to offer this person. They're looking for talent. They're looking for a wow factor. They're looking for a person who can come in and lift so that the team is able to work better and that their load is lighter. Taking time to carefully address that problem or that need communicates that you care and I want to work with people who care. Everybody does. If you spend the time researching an organization, you tell the company, I want this job. And if you spend time networking, so that you clearly understand what the job requires, then your resume will communicate that you are ready to hit the ground running. It won't just be some sort of generic fuzzy resume. It's going to be specifically tailored to to that kind of career field. And this is why taking a haphazard approach to job searching just really sets PhDs up for failure. It's really difficult to learn what digital marketers do or learning design specialists or corporate trainers or consultants or, or, or like those are highly specialized career fields with their own bodies of knowledge. And you cannot be all the things to all the people. You cannot be effectively writing and passing screening interviews for all of these different kinds of positions. And you need to just keep in mind that just like a geographer is specialized and a historian is specialized, so too are these careers outside of the academy, right? Marketing is specialized, project management is specialized. These are different roles. And generic resumes don't work because they're, they require different kinds of skills, different kinds of projects, and they have different kinds of deliverables. So you need to spend time At the research stage of your career transition, really digging into these different career fields to learn about them, to evaluate them, to identify one that you want to like go for, right? So you talk to a bunch of digital marketers, you talk to content marketers, you talk to project managers, and you decide, heck yeah, this sounds really cool. And then you begin to learn everything you possibly can about digital marketing you're listening to podcasts, you're taking courses, you're taking free training, you're signing up for MailChimp, you're writing and thinking about how do I set up automations and campaigns. You're learning about how to structure sales funnels. You're learning this so that when you begin applying for jobs, you know what you're talking about. Because the reader can tell. And your resume will suffer and your cover letter will suffer if you cannot clearly articulate how you're going to solve an employer employer's problems. So what I want everyone to do, if, and if you're listening to this and you were one of those people that applied for our job and you didn't hear from us, or you got rejected, think about what are these mistakes that you're making and how you can, you can rectify them. How can you stop making these mistakes? The first step, right, is to just breathe deep, take a step back, And recognize that you got to be focused in your job search. Get focused. Find a way to evaluate the different jobs that are available to you in today's creative economy. Choose one, learn it, network with practitioners in this career field, and you'll be much more successful in your job search. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Job Search the Smart Way, a podcast for graduate students and PhDs. For more resources to help you launch your next great career, be sure to visit beyondprof.com and sign up for our free events. And remember, smart people work everywhere.